I don't know about you guys, but the quarantine was not ideal for my eating and my physique when we first got locked down. I took it as a way to pity myself, feel bad. You know, obviously the whole world is going through this, but I took it as, hey, no, it's only me. We're all going to die. So I might as well eat cookies, Chipotle, and pizza. And then you realize, okay, we're going to make it through this. It's going to take some time, but we're going to make it through. Let me not eat like an asshole forever. And luckily, I'm married to someone who constantly reminds me that I'm eating like an asshole. Won't have sex with me if I don't look my very best. That's something I need a therapist about. But also runs a pretty phenomenal nutrition company with Own Your Eating. And she's put together, that is Roz, my wife, some great challenges that you guys can check out. If you're like me, like you said, and you need a little extra accountability, you need a kick in the ass, you want to just learn a little more, you want to do something really cool at your box, at your gym, at your affiliate, you should check these out. So if you go over to SugarWad in the marketplace, we've got the Own Your Eating store in there. And there's three different challenges you can check out. If you're a box owner, I highly recommend you check out the Gym Nutrition Challenge. I think it's only like $169, something like that. And the cool thing about it is if you're a box owner, you can give this to your members as a way to just, hey, I'm giving you a bonus. I'm giving you something. You know, we appreciate that you stuck with us during your during the quarantine. We appreciate that you kept your membership active. Or you can even make money. She's had a few gyms that have done really well at $169. You get 20 people signed up at 20 bucks, you've, you've made over $200. So check out the 30-day transformation challenge for gyms. That's a specific one for box owners. And then we've got ones for individuals, the 30-day transformation challenge, as well as the 30-day get lean challenge. And, and with both of those, you're going to get programming, you're going to get daily information, daily accountability, and so much more. The transformation challenge is really for those that are either new to tracking macros and flexible eating, or maybe you've done it in the past and you want to get dialed back in like I needed. And of course, accountability goes a long way. It's something I preach as far as a coach. I have coaches for many aspects of my life. And the primary reason is I just need that account accountability. Hey, did you do what I told you to do? Hey, don't forget you said you do this, right? It's just a reminder in the back of my head when I'm about to mess up, that I got someone out there that's relying on me doing well and going to remind me about it. And then there's the 30-day get lean. This is more for the experienced people. Maybe you've tracked macros in the past. You have a good understanding of nutrition, but you're ready to take it to the next level. Maybe you've plateaued. You're ready for reverse dieting, or you just need some extra coaching out there. So you can check these all out on SugarWad. The link is in the show notes. But if you go to SugarWad, you go to the Marketplace you look up on your eating, you're going to see these options. And the cool thing is you can use the code best hour. You can use the code best hour and you'll get 10% off any of the options there. So B-E-S-T-H-O-U-R, the code best hour will get you 10% off in the sugar wad marketplace. Check it out on your eating Roz's three challenges and she's seen tremendous results. And trust me, if you're working with Roz, I'm going to hear about it. She'll ask me for some feedback as well. So you really get two coaches for the price of one. Check it out. Use the code best hour for 10% off. All right. Welcome to the show, Ryan McKenzie. Welcome, Ryan. Hey, how's it going? 
you and I have been playing a little bit of email tag over the last few months, but glad to finally lock you down. It took quarantine to happen, but we're good to go. Yeah, that's life right now, right? It is life right now. <laughs> so you're, you are the, what would you say, best-selling author of a book called I Hate Selling for the Fitness Professional. That's right. Yeah. I'm, I'm the best author of that book. That's correct. No. <laughs> it's uh, it's a, it was internationally bestselling book, which was a uh, pretty big, uh, on Amazon there. Um, so it was pretty cool. It was a good, it was a good time. When did you, when did that book come out? Uh, end of 20, I think it officially got released like December, 2017, January, 2018, I believe is when it was officially out. How long I, did that take you to write? Way too long, man. Way too long. Um, I, uh, I, it started off as going through stuff for myself, just diving into like what I needed to change and then helping some teammates out with some things. And then it turned into like a course for some of my trainers that would take them through with new hires. And then I finally developed into a book. It was actually a book before I ever even wrote it. Um, a guy named Alan Barres wrote, I hate selling for the service provider. Um, and it's for CPAs and it's long and for CPAs, you know, um, accountants digging into accountant stuff. And so I, I was told to read the book from a mentor of mine, got a ton out of it and no one else I would recommend it to would even pick it up and read it because it's for CPAs. So I asked him if I could rewrite it and I boiled it down to like 120 pages, practical steps, real life scenarios for trainers, like just turned it into my life story with training basically. And, um, change the way I sell, change the way I, I run businesses, change the way I give advice. It's really powerful stuff in there that, um, you know, Alan and I can't take credit for because it's just, it's practical, just everyday common sense, but put into like narrow, like arrow focused for training and for gyms. Well, I think that's a really important subject matter because most people, myself included, when you get into the training space and fitness, it's because <laughs> You really enjoy it. You do it you're like, hey, I like this working right. out thing. Maybe I can somehow manage to make this my career. Right. And then you realize, okay, it's not just about doing bicep curls and you know burpees. It's like I gotta get clients and get them to actually pay me. So was yeah. that kind of the same way you started? Yeah. So I, I was I was a baseball player in college all the way my whole life. That's what I wanted to do. Um, met a girl. Got we got engaged. Got married. Uh, my trainer at the time said, Hey, I think you'd be great at this. I was like, sure. I'd never thought about working. I always thought about baseball, you know, so this would be great. I'll, I love working out. This will be awesome. I'll start, I'll start training too. Um, so I kind of started that up and was like, Oh, this is a job. Like, this is like, this is, <laughs> I'm right out of college. I'm like, this is like, you have to actually work. You can't just hang out in the gym all day. You, you gotta actually go get clients. They don't pay you unless you work with somebody. <laughs> so it was, um, it was a, Rude awakening when I was, you know, married at 24, had a kid by the time I was 25. And I'm like, I got to make some money here to provide for my new and growing family. So it, it, um, you know, most people look at sales from a greedy standpoint, like, oh, you just want to make more money. You just want to get more uh, bonuses or you just want more n numbers for the owner or whatever. Like, and, and there's all kinds of negative connotations to sales. But for me, it was a matter of like, I remember sitting in a meeting and people say, if you don't love this job, you shouldn't be here. You should be willing to work for free. And like their passion for the industry. I think that's a good thing. Right. But I rose the one guy not making any money. I'm like in the back, like it's, 
It's gotta be okay to like make money though, right? Like it's gotta <laughs> be eat? okay. Is can that I get a, a, <laughs> I get some dinner tonight? It's, it's so true. I like, gotta eat, man. It, like, I, I'm sure it's common in every sector and every industry. We just always envision like the wealthy attorney or you know the 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 author that's you know a best-selling author making a lot of money. But you know, for some reason in this fitness world, it's like like you said, you should want to do this for free. And it's like, why do we have to feel guilty for making money when in fact, I mean, how many other industries are actually making people healthier? And really, if you're healthier, you're saving so much money over the course of your life. So much. Oh my gosh. So yeah. obviously a few years went by where you didn't write this book. Who, yeah. who was your mentor that told you to read the one by the CPA and was it because of, was it in line with this? Like you're afraid to sell? Yeah. So, um, I think accountants have the same struggle probably. Um, so mine is much more geared toward your mindset of like getting over that fear of sales. And then here's a process to put in place. Um, but any service industry, you're there because you love the people you're working with or the thing that you're doing for the people you're working with. Right. You're not there because you didn't get into sales that so you don't see it as a sales industry, but, what really hit home with me, uh, my pastor actually is the one that recommended the book. He's like, you should check this out. I went on and looked on his website. It was like a hundred bucks for the book. I was like, hundred, I had, I had, I had a book. He had like a, all, the, all this stuff connected with it. And I was like, he told me to get it. I, I'm not making any money. It's like, I had no, it's like a hundred bucks at a time. I was like, I'm dropping a hundred. I'm dropping, Jason, I'm dropping a hundred dollars. Like, right, this, this is like, like no diapers, no diapers. This is like, baby. we might not eat this week. All right. Like, but he told me to. So that alone might've been why, I got so much out of it because I went in and read and highlighted and reread and rehighlighted and took notes, basically rewrote the book itself over just in my own notes, you know, and like, I was gonna get something out of it. And, you know, the next year my sales doubled, uh, the years after that, they doubled again, they four years in a row, my revenue doubled, my income doubled, um, which is first year that you, you double nothing. You don't really get very much, <laughs> but yeah. after that, it really starts to multiply. It's a really cool, really cool feeling to the point where I'm top, selling trainer in our whole company so that's um what, pretty, what company is that is with mvp athletic club so not a big chain there's really high end um i guess you call them box gyms but they're just like pr like premium gyms you know like we want really great service first gym so they, not a lot of sales pressure which which helped me be really become a great trainer but um hurt me in growing a business because it was all about the client all about the member helping them serving them we didn't have anybody teaching sales and how to sell in a practical and like a way that felt genuine you know it's either like what do i got to do to get you in this gym today used car salesman feeling or it's like hey if you're good you wait they'll come to you man you just gotta wait that's like that's <laughs> the attitude it's one of the two right those are the you're two basically ones. describing my uh first few, i mean you and I have a very similar story uh, with the exception of getting married and children so early. But yeah, I mean, Gold's Gym was like, here's your laminated piece of um, paper. You walk your clients through these steps, you know, oh, you get friction here. Cool. It's like, choose your own adventure. Then you go to this one. Then you go to that one. I was like, page 27. Oh, you're <laughs> you know, meanwhile, I'm making $8 an hour at Gold's Gym. And, you know, living in you know in a street where my car is getting broken into every other day yeah i think that's the uh the struggle with the industry now is so many people have pushed back against sales and selling their own clients and i've had trainers working for me saying 
we just need the front desk to sell for us. I'll just train. I don't care. And I said, I don't think you realize where the value is here. Like the person who makes the sell, the sale makes the commission, makes the money, you know, like you're just servicing the contract at that point. So it, it turns into a lot of gyms say, okay, you don't have to sell. You just be a trainer. We'll pay you minimum wage. We'll pay you 10 bucks an hour, pay you whatever it is. Um, so trainers push back against that real hard because they don't understand how valuable, valuable it is to the gym owner, to the, even a small gym, you know, like you pay 20 bucks to teach a class of 30 people, but guys bring in a couple hundred bucks for that class and you're getting 20 out of it. I wonder if you made the sell and you brought people in, you got them going, you could actually be part owner in that small gym. If you really understood sales and really like said, I'm not just going to run from this or hate it, but I'm going to see what it's, what it actually is, is going in and helping people get what they need the most, you know? Um, and if you can actually take that mindset, you could make some serious money you can make some serious difference in people's lives because we're selling every single day. We just don't even call it sales. You know, it's like, I got this new water bottle. You got to check it out. It's amazing. Keeps my drink cold forever. You know, I saw this new movie. It freaked me out. It was awesome. You'd love it. Like everything we do, it's like, it's not a full experience until you sell it to somebody else and talk about it and convince them that it's also good. I think most people interact that way. And they don't realize they're selling something nonstop. And it's all of a sudden when we walk into the gym, it's like, well, I don't want to be, no, I don't want to be pushy. I don't want to be, but if we see them doing exercise wrong, we'll tell them you're selling that you're selling. They should listen to you for free. Um, you might as well make money while you're selling everything else you're trying to convince them of. Right. Um, I think that's a, there's more to it than that, but. Yeah. You know, there's a, yeah, obviously you got to read the book to, to, there's more to it than that. But I think, you know, something I learned over the last few years, especially is, and, and, and maybe you talk about it in the book is we're kind of limited by our own kind of self-beliefs on money. Mm -hmm. So like, I don't want to ask, you know, Joe Schmo over there to pay me $75 an hour because I know for me, that would be very expensive, but the right. value is there. So right. what, what are some of the limiting self-beliefs that people have when it comes to sales that they need to overcome? Yeah. So what, what you're getting to is the curse of knowledge, I think, right? So that's, that's a big thing where the second I learn something, it's no longer valuable to me. So if you've grown up in a gym or if you studied it for years, you'd think that'd make it more valuable to you because it's part of who you are and you put time into it. But the second you know it, like I could write you a workout that you give me your limitations, you give me the equipment you've got, you give me your goals, I could write you a workout. It'd be a good workout. You know, it wouldn't be as good as me being with you, but I could do it like in five minutes. It'd be great here. It would work. It'd be great. Um, it doesn't feel valuable to me, but my next door neighbor can't do that. He's searching online for all kinds of things. He's trying to figure out what work. I, somebody guide me. Somebody leave me. I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't want to hurt myself. I want to make sure I get results. I don't want to do the same thing over and over again and just nothing happen, right? So as soon as something becomes valuable to us, we're like, oh yeah, you automatically assume for some reason that everybody can do it. And that's a huge limiting belief before we even get to money. It, we got to understand how valuable what we do actually is and that not many people can do what most trainers can do. If you have any kind of certification at all, and this might be uh, a little blasphemous in the trainer world, but if you have any certification or any studying or any experience at all, you're a step ahead of almost everyone who walks into a gym, right? And they, they might think they know something, but even if you're a bad trainer, and you don't know a lot and you're new, you probably have more knowledge and more ability than the average person that walks into a gym. So you have something to offer. Yes, you should keep growing in your skills and you should keep getting better there or not. But forgetting that for the moment, that's, that's a huge thing, that curse of knowledge where as soon as we know something, 
We no longer think it's valuable because it's just common knowledge for us. That stops so many trainers from thinking I've got anything to offer, you know, and then if I don't have anything to offer, why should I charge for it? Um, so, and then to your point, the exact thing is true there too, where, um, I wouldn't spend a hundred dollars on training, maybe because I already know it <laughs> or I can't afford a hundred dollars on anything. Why would I charge someone a hundred dollars an hour for training? And you put yourself in their shoes in a really bad way. And you take your empathy and you actually use empathy in a way that hurts both of you. Um, not in a way that you can understand their, their physical pain, their emotional pain, but you think financial empathy is a good thing because you want to protect them. Um, they have made a lot of money for a reason. They can say yes or no to you if they want to. You need to be able to offer them the best thing you have at the best competitive price, uh, but give them something amazing and let them tell you no. I, I, you can't be afraid of that. That's true. I mean, a lot of it is just that fear of hearing the word no. But, you know, mm -hmm. a great example would be yesterday I had a guy from Home Depot come over. I've kind of met him over the last few weeks, and he taught me how to build with wood. And then he was here for probably five hours. Like, we built this great thing. I don't want to say what it is because it's a surprise for my wife. And she might be able to hear me, but you know, we <laughs> built this thing and it was like, to him, it was so remedial. It would be the equivalent of me teaching someone how to do a push up, like right. get to your chest, lock your arms out. And I was like, at the end of it, I was like, can I, let me give you something. Do you have Venmo? Can I give you? And he was like, no. And now, I mean, first of all, I think he didn't realize how much as simple as it was, it, it made me feel confident that I can build something else. And in addition, now, I almost feel guilty asking him to help me again. Like right. I want to give you money because I know I'm going to have more questions. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, so like you're saying, you're doing two people a disservice. Like now I'm going to go out and I'm going to buy him a certificate and I'm going to swing by Home Depot because I'm like, dude, I got more questions. Like you taught me how to do a push up. What about a snatch? You know, what about a back squat? And yeah. same, you know, same principle with this wood. So that's spot on. So, you, so you read the book. You're a trainer at the time what were some of the first strategies that you implemented that helped you double, you know, year over year? So I think the biggest thing for me outside of what we're just talking about, the mindset thing, like realizing like, you know, I need to actually make some money here. I need to actually like do something with my life. I can't just hang out in a gym. You know, I was, it was either your wife, that or were your wife like telling you, you got to get a real job. I heard that one before. She was super supportive actually. You know, I kind of heard it from, the way other people talked about, you know, everybody's mom and dad are like, Oh, so trainer, when are you gonna, what do you do? <laughs> but never, no one's ever negative about it. And she was never, she's like, I, I, Hey, I trust you. I trust God. I know we got good things coming. It's okay. Like, like it was amazing. I, I didn't deserve that, you know, cause I was actually kind of lazy at the time. But, um, the thing that changed for me the most outside of my mindset of realizing you know, I was forced into a new mindset because I got a baby, I got a wife, we got a house we want to buy. All this stuff is like, man, I want to, we had to be moved back in with my, in, with, with her parents, my in-laws. So we're like, move in That's with fun. them. And I'm like, That's fun, right? We've That's been married be for six months and now we're moving in with my in-laws because we're having, we're pregnant and we're trying to save up for a house. Like this is not is what I nightmare. told you would happen. This is not, I mean, they're great, but nobody wants to do that. You know, it's kind of, it's a huge pride check. You're just like, Gah. but, um, Anyway, the thing that I thought was um, biggest for me was I actually realized I needed a process. And it clicked really, really big with me when I started looking at the way I would learn how to train. And I said, you know, I would never get out there and just, maybe some people think muscle confusion is a good thing. I don't, if you mean muscle confusion, like 
do whatever you want, whenever you want. Like it doesn't really help you build a foundation and, and progress properly. Right. But there's progressions, there's regressions. There's certain exercises that are better at the beginning, unless you just want to be really mean to somebody, then you put them at the end. Cause it's like a just killer. Right. Like we're going to do 50 cleans at the end of the workout. Like, yeah, right. Um, anyway, there's a process to training. There's a progression to training. And it really just clicked to me when I saw that same progression, that same process in the sales process. And I realized I'm not doing this with relationships. I'm not doing this with um, my, my business. I'm not doing this with anything else other than when I train people, I take them through this process. When I actually go and talk on the phone, face-to-face, texting, whatever it is, emails, I'm not, I'm just, you want to work out? Okay, let me know. And here's a free workout. Like that's, that's my process, you know? So finding that process and really following it, it let me know, okay, that person's not ready. It's not on me. So it removes the emotion and lets me get like razor focused with everybody that is ready to take the next step. And instead of how do I get them to buy from me? How do I get them to listen to me? It's just, how do I get them to go to the next step? And once they're there, how do I get them to the next step in the process? And so I had this process laid out that I just drilled into how I coached, how I trained, how I sold, like it started applying to a lot of relationships outside of that. Cause I realized almost everything is sales. Um, almost everything is some kind of sales process. Even dating, right? I mean, in a way, if you're looking at sales the right way, then yeah. Right. I'm selling you like I'm selling myself. Yeah. And like, it's even so, so to me, it, what I look at when I'm training somebody, if you want to talk, if you want to relate it to dating, if your if your mindset is like, I just want them to sign up with me. I don't care what it takes. You're, you're kind of leaning over to what I call Timmy Taker in the book, right? Like you're just, whatever it takes, I don't care if it's the right fit. I don't care if it works. That's gonna be a bad relationship. Even if you do yeah. sign them up, you know, it's gonna be bad. It's gonna be a bad marriage. Even if you make it work in the beginning, it's gonna end up bad because she's hot. She's got money, whatever it is. I'm gonna make this work. Not always the best attitude to go into a relationship, right? Same thing with, with training. But if I can say, honestly, this is what's best for you and I know I've got it, then we're going to have a really great relationship. And I, it might sound cocky for a dating relationship, but if my goal for you and I'm like, Jason, listen, baby, listen, I'm what's baby. best for you. Like I, <laughs> I, no one else will love you like I do. I'm, that's a different kind of attitude to go than just like, I need this. I want this. I'm going to have it. You know, like if your heart really is what's best for that person, same thing with sales. Uh, that's probably one of the best marriage advice things I've ever gotten was the way you uh, win her over is how you're going to have to keep her. Same thing works with training. The way you win them is how you keep them. So if you're, if you're out there throwing out Groupons and discount codes and free training sessions, guess what their eyes are trained on when they yeah. start training with you. They're looking around for all the other Groupons and discount codes and, and training sessions. And all of a sudden you don't throw them at them anymore because I've got you as soon as if something goes wrong or as soon as something really flashy pops up, they're gone. They're going to the next newest, hottest, cheapest thing. But if you win them with, I'm going to show you a, like how to work out. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to help you move better. Whatever it is you really do well, like you're going to keep them with that. And no one can compete with you because you've already won them on the core value that you both agree on. Absolutely. And I think, you know, we've said that to CrossFit affiliates and I say it to small businesses all the time. You see so many businesses throwing out these flash sale emails but they're not flash sales they're every saturday and then it's like cool next time i want to buy something i'll just wait till saturday i know i'm going to get a discount in the mail right. so so you started putting these processes into place what was your first moment where you're like oh that just worked so i was actually just talking to me the other day about this the, the first time i realized it was working this seems so ridiculous but i was working at a gym um i had 
had not broken double digits in per like double digit sessions per week. Right. Like I'm talking so you're doing nine clients. sessions or less. I'm doing seven to nine sessions a week. One right? and That's a half like, a day. Right. Like, so I'm like working double floor shifts. I'm like cleaning stuff. I'm fit, whatever I got, I'm studying and reading. And then all of a sudden one day I look at my calendar. I'm like, I've got 11 sessions on the book, Ryan. I think you made it. <laughs> it's just I, like this moment. <laughs> it's so funny like, you say this. Cause you're like, we're like the same person with this stuff. It's truly really crazy. It's, it's wild. Right. Like you think like, and, and I saw other trainers just dropping off because they couldn't. And then when I hit double digits, I was like, okay. And that's obviously nothing, right? Like that's, that's absolutely, I'm not talking about um, number of total sessions, not number of clients you see three times each in a week. Like, no, you're talking oh, like you got 10 oh, for an hour. You got, yeah, you yep. can, I used to be able to count my clients on one hand. And then yep. I remember when I was like, okay, I need to figure out some sort of calendar because I'm double booking people. Right, right. So that's exactly where I was at. And um, it really hit home with me when it was like, I got, I, it was one month I had the highest revenue for that month out of all the trainers. So they, they have it on the board, right? Like you get a bonus if you're the highest in the quarter. And I was like, wait, is that, that's really happening. That's cra like That's crazy. This is why I could actually do this. I, I can, okay. I can, I can do this thing. You know, and like, then it just became, all of a sudden became normal. And, um, it was just really, it changed everything. Your mindset starts to change when you get a little confidence and not just talk yourself up in the mirror, Stuart Smiley confidence because you're, you're good enough. You're so good enough. But like you actually see it. I'd put work in, results happened, and then they happened again. And they happened again. Then it got better and it got better and it got better. Like it's not just this like up and down like we have in the industry where it's just three clients go out of town and I might as well take a vacation. Or, but it's just constantly growing, which is just a really – really cool feeling for for me one of those moments was also when the other trainers starting to talk bad about me i don't know what 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 time frame was this for you like what what for me it was like uh the the aughts i guess the like 2001 to 2006 what when, when yeah. was this for you so i started training 2007 2007 so, so you kind of yeah, officially in a gym I had some clients on my own before that gym, just kind of like a year or two in college or just out of college. You know, I graduated 2006. The next year I'm in the gym training and it was like, it was all good when you're not doing well. Everybody loves you, right? You're just the, yes. and then I'm like, it was the moment I started getting serious about growing. Some people were like, they didn't want to talk to me anymore, but they weren't mad at me. Um, and I mistakenly, I would apply for every promotion there was like, out the next team leader next whatever because i'm like i'm not making any money maybe they'll pay me more there so i'm like applying like i just gotta like that was really stupid right um but when i finally got to the point where i was doing well enough where they would actually hire me for the next promotion and lead a team um it didn't even dawn on me that other people wanted that promotion that would be on my team because we all were going for the same position right so i got the job and i'm like all right here's what we're doing and it was like crickets like we hate you like it's like that crab mentality. Have you heard that analogy? Hmm. Where like as fishermen or crab fishermen catch crabs, they put them in a bucket and there's no top. They could actually escape, but as the crab gets closer and closer to the top, inevitably another crab will yank it back in. Right? So it's like, you know, they don't want you to succeed. And that's how I felt. Whether I was teaching a lot of group fitness classes, the spins and yogas and one on one yeah. training, and I realized there's a lot of envy there. It's like we don't want to see you succeed. We all want to be mediocre for the rest of our, I mean, these are 
you know, we're 22, 24 years old. And these are 40 or 50 year old trainers that have been kind of sludging through it for yeah. the last 30 years. So I, I can, I don't understand it, but I can see their perspective. Yeah, I didn't have uh, a lot of that, but there were a few that we had some just, let's go in the back and let's shout this out and talk. We were just flat out, like not like each other, but we were, I, a lot of trainers who I didn't agree with or didn't necessarily like, but I respected them and I felt like they respected me and, and on, on at least one level. So we could just hate each other's guts in one area and then, Hey, we got to get our job done in another area. You know, so that was really cool to actually see people that had that kind of maturity, honestly. Um, and I had a lot of people on my side to like support and like kind of just keep pushing me the right direction, which was really awesome. I had some great mentors. Like I said, the gym I was at was, service-based like customer first bait it was a really awesome uh culture to be in so there wasn't a lot of it but there was some of it um the, the worst thing i think that happened it's just a great laughing moment now is i i got the top trainer top revenue in the gym top revenue in the i don't remember if it was it was our gym or the whole company one of the two and the one of the directors from corporate comes down like two months later Normally, whoever gets that gets like a cruise or something. They get some big package. They're like, comes down two months later, gives me a gift card and says, hey, heard you're the top trainer. Congrats. Don't let it go to your head. And gave me a $100 gift card. And I was like, yeah. All right. It's like Christmas vacation when Clark Griswold gets the cake of the month club instead of money for the pool in the backyard. (laughs) Yeah. I'm surprised there's not a, a gym TV show. There need, I mean, you know, they have The Office. Man, if you've, for those listening that, gyms, have, I, I yeah, like that. That, that have never worked at a real gym, like not a CrossFit, but like a true Globo-esque, like the drama that would happen, uh, <laughs> it was incredible. So you, you see your sales doubling, you know, like yeah. you mentioned, year over year, you're doing well. At what point do you say, hey, I got this book, I need to redo it because it's working so well for me? Um, tw- probably five years, six years into, uh, into working there. Right. So it's probably 2013. I started to rewrite it. And it's, what was it about it? Was it just, you, you realized you were successful and you wanted to share yeah, with people so, asking you questions? Yeah, that's a good question. Cause I didn't really have, um, I think what, what it was though, I kept recommending the book to other trainers and, and I started to have be put responsibility over like just certain team members or certain teams trying to help sales grow, trying to help um, training get better in those areas. I said, guys, first step, grab this book, just read it. We'll go through it and then we can talk. We can talk about it. You know, two or three people would get it because not for training. They're not interested in it. Um, so inevitably I end up taking it, making it into a course and I'm like, week one, week two, like five week course or six week course. So each one of the steps. All of somebody else's book. All of somebody else's stuff. So I'm like, but I'm, I'm re like translating it into like trainer mode. Right. Cause nobody wants to hear about an accountant. Um, right. I had to, cause I needed it. And finally I knew a guy who knew a guy who knew the author. Cause that's how my mentor got connected to him, you know? So I'm like, Hey, I need to have lunch with this guy. And I just called him up and said, I want to rewrite your book. <laughs> <laughs> no one wants to read it. It's great. I love it, but none of my trainers will read it. And I think we can make some money. And I think we can help some people. I think we can make this thing a really big thing. I love it. Uh, but nobody will read it because it's not written for trainers and they think they need, it needs to be written for them. So I took his process. Uh, so his first step is step one, test for a positive chemical reaction. I changed that to uh, do they know that you care? 
<laughs> right? So uh, it's much more digestible and it's much more real life. And it, really the whole book is my story on when I failed um, trainers I've worked with and how I led them the wrong way or how they went the wrong way and how we can get back on the right paths. Like, you know, you, you see the guys that come in the gym that you know you should be talking to, but you don't. You see the guys that need help, but you don't know how to like help them get to the next step. That's what the whole thing's about. Um, you know, people in your family or in your just everyday circles that like you could be training, but you don't know how to actually sell them. This is like the step-by-step process on how to talk them through what starting a program looks like. So it's, it's pretty big. So when you, when you approach this author and say this, was he like either who's this kid telling me to <laughs> me? Cause meanwhile, he's probably a little older. He's been on the count yeah. for 20 years, I'd assume. Yeah. Or was he like, no, this my book kind of transcends industries or was he just like, I don't need you. I'll do it myself. I mean, obviously no, he, he was said, none of those, but yeah, yeah, he was, um, it was great. Receptive yeah, to we, it. Still, we still have a good relationship to this day. He just emailed me the other day. So it's, um, yeah, he did not want to help do it. He's in his own thing. He's in his own place in life where he's done with all his speaking and all his writing. He's kind of on the other side of the, uh, the career mountain, right? Like he's just like, I'm pretty good. So I was like, I'll do it all. I think I can make you some money. I'll give you a percentage of, of the book if you just let me use the title. And um, so I just gave him the proof at the end. He said, looks good. Put my name in it. He gave me a couple paragraphs or more to put in as his bio. And then uh, we sent it off to print. So it was, um, it was pretty So not a bad deal for him. He's collecting money every month. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, what made you think I need to re you know, even give him this credit versus like, I, I don't like selling. Yeah. So I could have, honestly, the way it's written, I could have taken it and just made it my own thing um, and called it something different. Uh, one, I really think I don't want to take somebody else's idea and steal their stuff. Um, even though I could have made it enough to where it wasn't his stuff, but it really, along with that, I want to just kind of honor him because it's what got my start going. It's really what helped me. One of the big things that helped me get up out of the rut that I was in. So I was like, you know what, if I can draw attention to that, like I want to support him and prop his name up if I can, because that's a big part of the reason that I'm where I am right now. So um, I I don't, you know, there's there's an old, uh, football quote a guy talking about a brand new coach the Miami Dolphins years ago and it's like I think Don Shula or somebody's like I kind of liken his uh coaching position to like a guy who woke up on third base and thought he hit a triple you know I don't want to be that guy who like look how great I am and really there's all this stuff behind me that put me there so if I steal his stuff or, or adjust to make it look like it's only my own I'm the reason that got here that doesn't do anybody any good um so I wanted to kind of honor him and then also I love the name of the book. Like I hate selling is just a really great, um, really great name. He wasn't even copyrighted at the time. So I was like, man, <laughs> there was this like internal battle. I was like, I technically could just use that name. <laughs> I was like, and it's, but, um, it's, it really resonates with the fitness industry yeah. because most trainers, like we discussed earlier, don't get into it with the idea that they're selling. And then once they figure that out, they hate it. They feel guilty. They're ashamed. So yeah, that title, yeah, that title works well. Can, can you think of like any people that have reached out to you that have read your book and had similar success to you? Um, yeah, so I've had a few, um, a few trainers that I've hired um, who've come to work with us because they, they saw the book, which has been kind of surreal. 
Um, so that was pretty neat when I was at uh, the gym I was at. And then I had, um, who was it? The Some guy high up in UFC gyms like tweeted out or whatever Instagram stories. I like, just read this book on the flight over here. All of our trainers need it now. And so Not like, Alan Belcher. Was it Alan Belcher? I don't remember who, but like, after that, I I was speaking at Ursa and some people that I'm just, did a lot of connections happening that way, which is like, um, nobody knows me, you know, I'm I'm really a nobody, but like, then all of a sudden, like, oh, you wrote that book. I'm like, yeah, good to meet you. I'm just, it's a, it's kind of a surreal feeling when that happens. So it's pretty fun. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Every time somebody shares your book or talks about it, it's like, you can log into Amazon, you see a couple extra sales that day, you know, so it's. It's, and it's, you know, not about that, but it's just, it's rewarding. I would imagine just like my book where it's like people reach out and they're like, this story resonated or that story mm-hmm. resonated. I'm like, cool. Like that's really why we, you know, much like training, you probably did this not to, you know, become an international bestseller, but just because you wanted to help people. Yeah. And on, like every time I would like talk to my wife, think about what my next step is, pray about what I need to do next in my business or with our, uh, with, with, finances and stuff every every response every thought came back was write this book finish this book for three years so i kept putting it off because i was like i don't really want to write a book and that was every everything that was the next step obviously every time and i was still working at mvp i was a manager i was running group x and performance going out to the villages making running there um the gym out there like it was just really growing in that role and i'm like this is maybe this is my career um, then the book takes off. Some things happen through MVP that like, I realize it's not the right fit. So I, well, I step away from there and now I'm helping trainers and gyms like establish really great sales processes in their gyms for for their trainers. Cause the thing that I thought was the thing that I thought was, that was so great for, um, uh, for managers and owners. Like I'm in a position as a manager, um, running a gym. I've got 30 trainers, you know, I've got uh, or 20 trainers and 40 group X instructors. You know, I don't have time to sit there and walk everyone through a sales process and I can't be sure that I'm hiring someone that's going to do everything right away the, the first time. So if I have a book or a course that's going to help them, like, this is what you do. Let's talk about it. That, that, that makes all the difference in the world to me. So that's kind of where, once I got out of there, that's the direction I went is like, this is a book more to help managers and gym owners than anything else, because it's going to free up their time and make sure their whole team is on the same page. You know, and um, I, I love bridging that gap between corporate ownership, management, whatever you want to call it, and trainers, like practical everyday people. Like, I think we try to motivate our teams by saying, here's your quota, hit it. Here's the numbers, get them. And that's not how people think. That's not how trainers work. It actually does really bad things for your team. Yeah, numbers are important. Quotas are good. Bonuses are awesome. I want a bonus. Everybody, who doesn't want a bonus? But you can't lead with those things you know and um being able to communicate that is a big big deal yeah and i mean i know you work more so in the standard type of type of gym but it's it's really the same in crossfit affiliates you know it's people bring on trainers and then just expect them to have this knowledge that they don't even have on selling you know and they get yeah. frustrated and you know a common sentiment in crossfits are like okay you'll coach two classes a day and you could supplement with one-on-one clients and it's like but they don't know how to sell and neither do you. So why right. do you expect them to know? So yeah. you, you work with, with gyms. Can someone reach out to you if they want to yeah, learn so more? I've, I've worked with a few CrossFit gyms actually. And I've, 
I've got a few one-on-one -on -one trainers that I work directly, like kind of mentorship coaching with them. But um, if you got a gym with trainers in it, that's like the, what, what everything is built around is how to get that team on the same page. Um, Cause it's different than just learning a process. Um, but yeah, I, I do a lot of that. That's, that's basically what I do now. I was able to step this, this whole thing, let me step away from uh, the gym I was at and work from home. And we got five kids now um, homeschooling. Uh, so honestly, when Corona hit, all this stuff happened, everything shut down. My wife and I are like, kind of like, well, I guess we'll wash our hands more because we, we work from home and homeschool anyway. So yeah, like, same, we'll same sure. here. It was like, okay, a little less, a little less socializing, but not much. Yeah. We're home anyway. So yeah, this is obviously people can go to Amazon, search the yep. book title. That's probably the best way to do it. And then what, what's, if someone listened to this and they're inspired and want to learn how to yeah. sell better and teach their trainers, what's the best way to reach you? If you want um, a hard copy of the book, Amazon's your best bet. If you want the audio or a free PDF download of the book, you can go to my website. That's probably the best way to get it. Um, I hate sellingbook.com. You can download it and it'll play on your, just play. It'll pull up on your Kindle or your phone or wh wherever you want to read it. I personally like the hard copy, but I don't like Amazon because they don't let me talk to people when they buy my book, right? They've got to reach out to me. So, um, they also take about 80% of the books. Sure. So you make no money and you don't get to talk to anybody. And the exactly. reason I'm in this, the reason we're in this industry, right. Is like, I like to help people. I like to talk to people. So, um, if you get it from the website, then we can start emailing and talking and chatting. Um, or if you really just say, man, I need some help right now. Um, my email is Ryan at training with Ryan.com. Ryan at training with Ryan.com. So I hate selling book.com for the book or just email me and we'll chat. Well, that's awesome, Ryan. And, you know, again, I think, first of all, if there, people are listening to this and they're in the CrossFit space, at a minimum, just go download the book. Like, yeah. you'll learn something. I guarantee. I mean, every book we read, we learn something from it, especially a book geared towards our industry. And if you like the book, definitely consider, you know, reaching out to Ryan. You know, someone, this is one of those spaces where, like, someone that has that experience, that's been through it, that understands it, it's vital. So I highly encourage the listeners to check that out. It's been a true pleasure. I'm glad we finally got to link up. You're at five kids running around. I'm sure you got a homeschool lesson you have to get to at some point today. And um, I really appreciate your time and you coming on the show. So thank you so much. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. It's good talking to you. Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their Day. If you haven't already, do us a favor head over to the Apple Podcast app and leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you if you have any questions, comments, concerns, feedback for either Fern or myself. Hit us up, day at gmail.com or send us a DM over on Instagram at besthouroftheirday. Once again, we couldn't do this without the amazing community and you are a part of it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting Best Hour of Their Day.